Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. For a Christian, salvation has many facets, many aspects. One of the great mistakes we can make in the Christian life is to assume that the sum total of our salvation is the forgiveness of sins and the promise of everlasting life. Surely these are facets, important facets of God's full salvation, but there's far more to our salvation that we dare not neglect. This may have been on the Apostle Paul's heart when he wrote to the young believers in Thessalonica in his second epistle. In chapter 2, verse 13, he wrote, But we ought to thank God always concerning you, brothers, beloved of the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning unto salvation in sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. We have been chosen with a view toward salvation, a salvation that includes sanctification of the Spirit. Here, salvation can be likened to a long bridge a bridge upon which we, the believers, cross over, bringing us out of this present evil age and into the realm of eternity. Francis Ball is here for our fellowship as we near the conclusion of this life study of Thessalonians. It's been a good journey, hasn't it, Francis? Very good. I think this has been a very helpful study. Give me your um, initial thoughts about what we're going to fellowship on today, Francis. I think one of the main aspects of today's program Chris, is that uh, we need to see the extent of this bridge. Many have thought that the bridge was just a step. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's a long bridge lasting through our whole life and preparing us always for the glorious result of our initial salvation and its full completion. So I'm looking forward to seeing for myself and hopefully to help others to see that this salvation is a step, step-by-step, continual operation through our entire Christian life. Many times, I think, when we're, especially we present the gospel to um, an unbeliever, someone who does not know the Bible, doesn't know the Lord, and we may limit our presentation to these important matters, such as the ones I mentioned a moment ago, forgiveness from sins, mm -hmm. our eternal situation taken care of. And this can be enough to attract us out of that kind of um, background many times. It's all we need to hear in mm -hmm. order to accept and receive the Lord. But if we don't go on and present more fully, we really rob one another, and particularly the new believers, of the richness and the texture oh, yes. and the real focus of God's full salvation, don't we? That's right, and that really is a sad thing because we will face a judgment seat that is part of our salvation, and we want to enter into the full enjoyment of what is, has been accomplished by Christ for us. 
Our first portion today, we come to this matter in the verse that I read a moment ago, and that is God's choosing, God's selection. Many times I think we struggle with this. There are some aspects of it that appear in the Bible, and I'm going to read one here just now in a verse in Romans chapter 9 that I think many of us have struggled with. Uh, but I really was touched by what Witness Lee is going to say as I listened to it uh, prior to the program today. I really have a deep desire and a longing and a prayer that the Lord would uh, speak in all of the hearers as he uh, uh, was speaking, to me at least, when I first heard this. This matter of God's selection tied to his eternal purpose is too marvelous, isn't it? Amen. All right, here's the verse. Actually, I would read two verses. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, is a marvelous verse on God's choosing and selection. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him in love. That verse sounds a lot like the one in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, doesn't it? That's right. Chose us in him through sanctification of right. the Spirit. Yeah. And uh, Witnessley will also refer to this verse in Romans 9, Verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Have you ever struggled with that, Francis? I have struggled with that, <laughs> and I tell you, to read these two things in one sentence, love and hated, it's hard to link those with God. Right. Because we don't ever think of God hating, but we think only God is love no matter what the circumstances well, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll talk about this point when we come back. In eternity past, God the Father made a plan. He made a purpose. And in that purpose, he elected us. We all have been elected. We all have been chosen according to his foreknowledge. Even before the foundation of this world, God the Father, he saw you. He saw you in eternity past. When he saw you, he was happy with you. Amen. Why God loved Jacob and hated Esau? The Bible says, no one can answer. He saw a twin, Esau and Jacob. And he looked at that twin. He said, I don't feel happy with the first one. You ask me why? I don't know why. Only God knows. He has his desire. When I was young, I thought God was altogether unfair. Esau was much better than Jacob. I surely hate Jacob. <laughs> this one knowing nothing but stealing, robbing others. But today I like him very much. Amen. What would you say? Praise the Lord. We all are Jacobs. Don't think you are a gentleman. You are just a surrender. We all got selected, right? I like to say this to young people. Don't try to run away. You cannot get off the hook of God. You got hooked. God hooked you in eternity. And his hooks all have long strings. God the Father has children us. Amen. But we got fallen and we became rotten. So God the Son came to redeem us. Amen. To accomplish what God planned. Hallelujah. Amen. Then God the Spirit came 
came to apply what God planned and what the sin Christ accomplished to all of us. And this application is sanctification. Francis, um, we can get to this matter of sanctification in the coming two sections, but right now I'd like to spend a couple of minutes on this point of God's choosing. This verse in Romans 9 Uh, loving Jacob, who was the naughty one. There's no doubt about it. When you read the account in uh, Genesis there, uh, Jacob was, he was loathsome in many regards in the way he behaved and acted. And Esau was quite proper, quite upright. And yet uh, God's selection just has nothing to do with our natural qualifications, does it? That's right. I think this is a real lesson to us. We all are like Jacob. We all supplant. We all try to make be first and all this kind of thing. It took years and years and years for God to work on Jacob before he could be what God eventually called him Israel, mm. chosen of God. Right. So I think we have to face the same fact. Since we're Jacobs, the Lord has a way of choosing us and working on us to work out his full salvation to our benefit. You know, he also made the point that this is a very good word for our young people. I deal with the young people, uh, well, both those who have grown up in my household and those uh, with whom the Lord has put me in close contact. And sometimes you get the sense our kids get saved often when they're very young. Uh, You know, if we are uh, active and really involved in the church life where we are, our children tend to receive the Lord at an early Mm -hmm. age, and we praise the Lord for that on the one hand. On the other hand, there comes a time in their life when they grow up a little bit, and they think, that isn't fair. Did I really do this before I had a chance to uh, experience all that I want to experience? And they have maybe a feeling that they were robbed a little bit. But this word that God's selection, it, it, too bad. Uh, he, right. he chose us all before the foundation of the world, and he put the hook in us. And as Witness yeah. Lee just said, he's got a long string on this hook, doesn't he? That's right. He's got lots of hooks. And he's hooking all these ones. They cannot escape. I remember Brother Lee used to tell us sometimes, try, just try to escape, see if you can get away. You remember him saying that? Yeah, I've heard him say that. There's no getting away once uh, the God of the universe has chosen and selected us according to his heart's desire in eternity past and marked us out. Then even knowing how naughty and uh, supplanting we would be, he came himself to take care of that, didn't he? That's right. He provided for a way of, of hooking us for our whole lifetime. But your word, Francis, about what Jacob became, ultimately, I think, is uh, the key to understanding this matter of sanctification and mm-hmm. sanctification of the Spirit. In Hebrews chapter 10, uh, I won't read the whole verse, uh, verse 29, but near the end of the verse, Paul uses this term, the Spirit of grace. And we just read in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, salvation in sanctification of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. This sanctifying spirit, as we'll hear, Francis, praise the Lord, is the spirit of grace. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Let's join Witness Lee once more. Every day, even every minute, we are being sanctified. Who sanctifies us? The Spirit. This is why the Bible says the sanctification of the Spirit who applies the Father's plan and the Son's accomplishment to us. This one is sanctifying us. 
all the day. He is sanctifying us. Hallelujah. Oh, we do have such a practical, a living, and subjective sanctifier. Even while you are sinning, you are committing some sin, he is doing the sanctification. He is sanctifying you. This is gracious. This is why this spirit in Hebrew is called the spirit of grace. We all have received the spirit of grace who sanctifies us unconditionally, without any term, without any condition, because this is his commission. He has been given to us just for this purpose, to fulfill the sanctification. And the sanctification is just to separate us unto God with a mark. And the mark is just a triangle. You believe me, whenever you are sanctified, you get marked. And the mark is the triangle. People can see the triangle in you day after day, day after day. And this mark is increasing, getting more and more intensified. This is the way we are being saved. And this is the way that we are now living a holy life for the church life. Francis, let's come back to this matter of salvation and how it is connected so inseparably from sanctification. We obtain an initial salvation in which we do receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. But that isn't the whole process of salvation, is it? That is correct. And it's much, much more than that, and it involves the application of all that Christ has accomplished based on what the Father has chosen. Through our whole lifetime, the Spirit is applying all the triune God has and is and has accomplished to us. That sanctification is not a superstition. It's a definite experience of being set apart. Sanctified means we're being made holy. That means we're being made right for God. And this is a process that he takes us through in our living. It's not a one-time act that we just receive as though that's the whole story. No, this requires the working of the Spirit in our daily experiences with our husband, our wife, our children, our companions, all the people we deal with, and all the things we deal with. The the sanctifying Spirit is always operating to sanctify us from all the things of this world unto God's full salvation. As he mentioned, incorporated in this sanctification is this marking, what is obviously invisible in one sense, but an indelible and with spiritual eyes, a very visible marking, isn't it? I'm thinking of, of a case recently of some believers that I know well, and a neighbor right across the street got very ill, a terminal illness, and the families had not had much contact, uh, just a very casual knowing of one another. But during this time of crisis, the neighbor uh, w- where this tragedy had uh, settled in on them, they immediately came to the believer's 
across the street. And despite the fact there were many good close friends in the neighborhood, they they right away found their way to these ones mm-hmm. to to receive some help and to ask for prayers. And it just reminded me of this. There was this, to them, at that moment, that was a very visible mark, wasn't it? Yes, and that is marvelous. That that's not an isolated case. I could give a testimony also with a neighbor of mine who uh, took to us and was really friendly with us, but his wife was very cautious of us. She had a religious background that kind of kept her from being open to us. So finally, this man said to his wife, you just look at the faces of those people that come over to their house every Friday night, (laughs) and you realize you can't find anything wrong with them. Wow. That's the mark of the triune God. Yes, I like to see that mark. Yes, absolutely. Francis, let me read uh, the verse for our final section today, a verse that we've read now a number of times in this uh, series of programs. It is from the first book of Thessalonians, the last chapter, chapter 5, verse 23, on this matter of sanctification. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, in that instance is W-H-O-L-L-Y, or completely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be sanctified wholly, don't Amen. we? Amen, our whole being. All right, here's Witness Lee for our final segment. To have such a holy life is just to have threefold preservation of our spirit, of our soul, and of our body. We are so living in our spirit. We contact our God every minute and we serve him in a living way and we have a direct sensation all the time from him. Not only so, we have our conscience, the greatest part of our spirit all the time without an offense. So, Our spirit is here fully preserved from deadening, from any kind of spiritual contamination, and from any kind of offense. This is to preserve your spirit. Not only so, and we have our entire soul preserved. Our mind is renewed, transformed, and kept all the way so sober. And we have our will preserved, always so submissive, so flexible, yet so strong. And we have our emotion preserved, always properly adjusted, not too much, nor too little. We love what we should love, and we hate what we should hate. We just have an emotion according to God's desire. So, our soul is preserved. And we are also preserved in our body. We don't live any longer by our old man. So, our body becomes no more a slave to sin, to unrighteousness. And not only so, we keep our body presented to God a living sacrifice. And even our body becomes the member of Christ. 
to live Christ, to express Christ, to magnify Christ. Even our body is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. For God dwelling. God dwells in our body to move and to express and to glorify himself. But this way, our spirit and our soul and our body all have been and is still being preserved in the triumph This is a holy life for the church. Well, this section is, uh, I would say, a summary of the whole life study that we've been enjoying in Thessalonians, isn't it? That's right, and I really enjoy this. He covered the whole sphere of our being, our spirit kept and sanctified, and then our soul. And this is what we go through day by day, the sanctifying of our soul to separate us from all the things that try to crowd into our minds, our emotion, and our will. And he made it very clear in this segment of the program Mm -hmm. that he covers every aspect of our soul, renewing our mind, subduing our will, and uh, correcting our emotions, doing something to make us balanced. This is to live a holy life. And this holy life is just not so we would be satisfied. This is for the church life because this is God's plan and purpose and the reason he chose us, the reason Christ died for us and rose again, and now is the Spirit to be in us, sanctifying us all the time so we could be a body of believers that express him. In tomorrow's program, in fact, he comes back to this point and uh, he will relate that someone asked him the question, it's clear to see in Thessalonians this matter of sanctification, the holiness aspect. Paul repeats it many times. But a holy life for the church life. What's your ground? What's your basis, they asked Witness Lee, for adding this phrase, for the church life? And his quick response was the first verse of each of the books. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Makes it very clear, doesn't it, Francis, that he sets up the context at the very beginning. Uh This is not for your individual sanctification. That's right. This is God's purpose, and he pointed this out at the beginning of this message. He pointed out that uh, God has a purpose, a plan, and the working out of that plan is because of his choosing as the Father, because of his redeeming as the Son, and working it out by applying it to us as the Spirit. Well, Francis, I've enjoyed our times together in this life study. Uh, This is our last week in Thessalonians, and we'll have uh, some review, some highlight programs. I think our listeners will all be looking forward to uh, going back to the book of Revelation immediately following Thessalonians before we come back again. And we'll pick up in the Old Testament. I believe the books of Kings uh, are next on the list. So that's kind of a preview of coming attractions. We still have three days left, but I think you and I next will come together to fellowship in First Kings. How about that? Well, it'd be wonderful. It's wonderful to see the Bible is really one book. Isn't it? Whether you're in the old or the new, we need to see God's plan and God's way. And all the time is in his way, Witness Lee could open up any book of the Bible and see the divine life being presented to man, which is why we call this the life study of the Bible. Surely that has been the case in Thessalonians. It will also be the case in First and Second Kings as well. Yes, the whole Bible is full of life. It's a book of life. Brother Francis, thanks for your help in all these past uh, programs we've been together on. Thank you. I've enjoyed it and counted a real privilege to be here. 
If you'd like to get the printed life study for First and Second Thessalonians, we still have some available. You can contact us at our toll-free number, which is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, if you'd like to write to us, is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also reach us on the Internet, of course. Our email address is just radio at lsm.org radio at lsm.org we have a website and we invite you to visit that as well which is just uh, www.lifestudy.com so take the time if you would to contact us it's a great encouragement when we hear from you for Francis Ball I'm Chris Weil thanks very much for listening today Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.